0: welcome back to one winning pod we are two days after <laughs> let down the therapy session of uh, the, the view of the last game uh disappointing loss against the giants uh but we're back we're here to go over the upcoming home game another home game it's it's an odd week you know we're gonna win this one, right, guys? Uh, we're gonna preview the upcoming matchup against the Cleveland Browns.
1: I don't want to color my opinion too much. Yeah, to wait till the end for score predictions and all that good stuff. But uh, I think I think we might win this one.
2: Certainly a chance. Uh, you know, one thing that is gonna be in the Ravens' favor. Uh, There's several things that we can look at on the onset here that are in the Ravens' favor. The game will be at home. That's good. You're going up against an opponent, the Cleveland Browns, which under John Harbaugh, the Ravens, they've dominated this matchup. I am not 100% sure if this number is one is purely accurate, but from a quick calculation I did this morning, I believe the Ravens are 18 and four under John Harbaugh against Cleveland. Uh, and with the exception of that week four game in 2019, uh, the Ravens have never gotten steamrolled by this team, uh, with John Harbaugh as the coach and really didn't happen terribly much under Billick either. And There's two ways this game could go. Um, We talked—well, we're getting too far ahead of ourselves. But to look at the Browns, you are getting them in a weak state. They just got run over by the New England Patriots, a team the Ravens were able to deal with easily in New England. Cleveland lost to them at home. And if you think our fan base is a little frustrated with (laughs) how some of our losses are gone— you obviously haven't spent any time listening to Brown's podcasts or looking at uh, Brown's message boards as I did today because it's a bleak picture there that the fan base is painting of this team right now. So both teams want to be in slightly better places, but if we're just looking at this at you know 500 feet, uh, the Browns look like they're in a worse position right now than what the Ravens are for certain.
1: Yeah, maybe their fans are disillusioned they might actually be good this year. How sad, but yeah, they lost to zappy uh and so they lost to a backup quarterback of New England, not trying to discredit what zappy can do back it. up to the backup, oh, I know, yeah, <laughs> not general. trying to discourage what like he might be able to do in the league and whatnot, but um pretty bad, they got dominated too, like it wasn't like they just lost, you know, <laughs> like they didn't win or they didn't even really keep it that close and I think the beauty for the Ravens is that they actually already played this game this year. Last week was playing the Browns, but the Browns are even worse and they almost won. And I'd argue that um, maybe, you know, if we were at home, we would have won the game because one of the ways that the Ravens failed last week was a silent count, which is something you traditionally bring on away games. Uh, This is something that Linderbaum has had some issues with already this year. A couple of the errant snaps have been during silent counts at away games. And, Uh, at home you know we're very respectful when the offense is at work we keep quiet the the billboard tells us to we do it and uh you know that's a that's a good thing going into this game that you know we have the home field advantage and i honestly feel like the game plan will be very similar defensively and offensively and we just need to go execute
0: yeah i could agree with that um watching a little bit more of the film of the browns game uh, last week against the patriots yeah i mean just. Yeah, as far as them like being steamrolled, right? It, it, I really think it kind of starts with their defense. Uh, they're just they've got a lot of uh, they've got a lot of issues on that side of the ball. I think um, a fairly young secondary of players. I think you know the fan base over there has been really high on, and I know we've talked about extensively on our state of the division episodes uh, a bunch of uh, high draft picks. Um, you know, Grant, Greg Newsom, Denzel Ward, um, Del Pitt. Uh, I think Emerson was their one of a pick that they had this year, maybe in like the fourth round or something. And those guys are, are having some issues. Um, you know, they certainly, they let up a lot of yards to uh, some of the outside receivers. Like Devon you know, <laughs> it's actually funny. You know, it was the week that they played us uh, where Devontae Parker went off. Like Devontae Parker had a couple of big catches in this game uh, against the Browns too. So it wasn't just us, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, like they let up a ton of yards to tight ends um, you know, between Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, and uh, couldn't tackle guys. So, I mean, yeah, from, like, that perspective, like, Mark Andrews is already, like, infamous for dragging four or five, <laughs> however many defenders. Like, I mean, that's kind of exciting. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, obviously it's going to be a division matchup. I think, you know, they'll, they'll play us a little bit more uh, tougher, I think. But, um, but that being said, like, you know, the the opportunities here for the offense, like, look, it's like, this is like a silver platter of, like, go out and score 30 points. If if Zappy can do it, you can do it. Like, we got Lamar. We got Mark Andrews. Like, we just need to go and execute. Yeah, it's
2: been really unfortunate what's happened to this team. The thought prevailing among the fan base and, you know, I... thought something along similar lines was that this team was going to be able to at least stay relevant with their rushing attack and their defense, which last season their defense was pretty good. Um, And, and, you know, keep in the wild card race to an extent until Watson came back. That doesn't mean that I, I thought that they were going to be a team that was going to challenge for the AFC North title. I'm almost positive. I picked them fourth at the beginning of the year. But th- this just is looks way worse than what anyone was expecting. And it, it started out in week one. I thought that the Browns were going to come out against Baker Mayfield and, and win that game by like 20 points. They barely escaped with a win, and we've seen so far how bad Carolina's been this year. And not helping things for their defense like we're talking about, they've got a ton of injuries. A huge injury that they suffered against Pittsburgh was the loss of – uh, inside linebacker Anthony Walker. Uh, he was huge for them last year. He's one of their most profound leaders on their defense. So him being out for the year um, has been huge, a huge loss for them. And his replacement, uh, Phillips, you, you go and you listen to anyone who watches the Browns, anyone covering the team, uh, the reviews are, will just say they're not glowing at all for him. A lot of criticisms of him having struggles in the run game with selecting the wrong lanes to try and uh, run down guys, uh, miss tackles, as Chris was alluding to earlier. Um, that's an area that the Ravens—honestly, the whole middle of the field is incredibly weak for this team. We talked in before the season about the fact that the Browns replaced both their starting interior uh, linemen from last season with free agents to— position players who already were not giving them the production they wanted and it hasn't been any different with these guys. They're giving them absolutely nothing. Miles Garrett with with Jadavion Clowney out, Miles Garrett is all they have on defensive line. And that's impacting the play of the linebackers, which is already a beat up unit like we're saying. Oh, and in addition to that, Denzel Ward was out last week with a concussion. So and Greedy Williams has been out until well, he made his debut last week and struggled understandably it just absolutely got run over by Hunter Henry on his touchdown that was yeah. not great uh this unit is beat up um i I actually disagree with with Alex saying that we that this is similar to the Giants game last week I don't think it is at all I think that the D, the Browns defense is way more beat up uh and and is way weaker than the Giants unit um and this is a divisional game so the familiarity between the two opponents is going to play an impact in this game but if the ravens can come into this game with the right mentality on offense this has the potential to be a, a get right for them we're talking about the end zone woes and some of the slow starts in the second half on offense the, this team is is down they're down mentally they're down emotionally they're down players the Ravens got to take advantage of that, and you know we'll we'll see if they're able to.
1: Oh, I want to get it straight. Like, I, I I completely agree with you, Peter. The reason I said it's similar is because I think their offensive strategy is going to be relatively similar to what we saw out of the Giants, and their defense is non-existent. They're basically oh, okay. a, a wet paper towel. So, like, we should be able to score, and I think we can stop their offense. <laughs> is what I was getting. Like, we we, gotcha. we were pretty effective at stopping you know the Giants' all thing offense, all things considered. And I think we can be effective stopping theirs. My, uh, I, I don't want to like get too out of, I guess, our rhythm, so to speak, because it sounds like we're more so talking about the defense. I'll talk about my keys to the how our defense will handle them uh, in a bit and their offense. But when we're talking about yeah, their defense, it's it's just bad. And even if uh, Bateman is unavailable this week, which sounds like he may or may not be, it's kind of unclear. I think we have the offensive weaponry. Uh, Sands Djax, which is such a stupid signing. It's so Ravens. Um, the uh, I think we have the weaponry to to beat up on them. I anticipate Mark Andrews being like the slam dunk DFS play. Like don't fade him. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's. I feel like it has to be uh, a Mark Andrews game. And I I could just see. I mean, I I, I won't bury the lead any further. It, this is the game that if the Ravens actually don't dominate and they just destroy them, I don't normally say this for uh, divisional games, but like I honestly think that the Ravens are out for blood, they're really upset with how things have been going, and the Browns are going to have a real bad day because of it. <laughs> like They should be able to beat up on this team, and that, honestly, anything less will be a little bit concerning
0: kind of at where i was uh, last week against the giants um <laughs> uh oh <laughs> so yeah well you know we'll we'll see what happens but uh but no i mean you touched on yeah you, i mean you touched on one thing right um we don't know Bateman's status it's still early in the week it's tuesday we're recording this um we did sign Deshaun jackson uh we yeah just, uh, i is just
2: trying to brush that under the rug yeah I he mean, was just brushing it <laughs> i get so, what you're saying but i think we do need to address that
0: <laughs> yeah yeah the breaking he's not news, gonna play this week it Come happened <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't why know. Why your know problems just, are I, solved? I I know. I I want to talk about this. All right. Why are I, I Ravens fans? Yeah, why I are Ravens fans complaining? About. Right? We wanted Deshaun Jackson in 2010, in 2011, whenever he was a free agent. <laughs> Decosta is just making up for lost time. Same with Tavon Austin. We wanted Tavon. He's from Baltimore. We wanted to draft him. There's a rumor okay, that he might also. We might be picking him up too, guys. This is what you wanted. You just didn't say when you wanted it to happen. <laughs>
1: Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Next week, we're signing James Lofton.
1: <laughs> well, did you see the, the joke that uh, I think KFish sent it out, the correspondent of our lovely show here? Uh, it was like uh, the joke about uh, Calvin Megatron Johnson <laughs> is coming out of retirement to sign with the Ravens.
0: Right, so, well, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, the Lions have to release his, uh, has released his rights and after the 60-yard field goal. I don't know that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they want to give us any favors, but but uh, but yeah, no, I don't know, man. Like, it's so disappointing. Like, I I get it, I get it from a scheme fit. Like, Deshaun's he's got a lot of speed, and I think that that could help kind of stretch the defenses out a little bit. I mean, it's you know Bateman's got a little bit of that, but obviously he's been hurt. Um, I don't like Duvernay could do it. I just I don't think that's his best skill set like his best skill set for me is just like getting the ball in space and be able to make guys miss um as far as like getting open on you know double moves and and kind of being like the deep threat like I just I don't know it just seems like not like the most optimal use of his talents but besides that like okay Robinson but I I don't know we just haven't had as much success I guess with him so I I I can see why the Ravens are maybe looking elsewhere (laughs) but But man, uh, what a weird signing.
1: If they want to have one of these wide receivers join the active roster, we can't have Nick Boyle, a fourth tight end, getting five snaps. Like, oh, yeah. I'm not even trying to be like anti Nick Boyle show, but like, I'm very keen to see what they decide to do regarding their tight end activations this week because I feel like this is the week the. You got to break this because I do not think it's the best allocation of uh, resources. And snaps and long-term preservation of the team, so to speak, to be activating him for trophy snaps like that. Uh, Particularly with the progression that Josh Oliver has made, Um, it's just kind of ridiculous. Apparently, we're a tight end factory, (laughs) and like he's he's we were like a year too late, dude. We we had it right. He just needed a year under our 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 hey 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 hey. hey,
0: hey. All right, hold on, hold on, (laughs) hold on. One game does not make. It's a good pick. Well, right.
1: no, it's, I'm saying, it, I, I think he's had more <laughs> than just one game. He's, he's been solid this year, yeah.
2: He, any time he's out there, he's not killing the offense. Um, sorry to Jets <laughs> game. Not terribly good, but since then, you know, I agree. He's He's been solid. He's been, you know, been able to do what Boyle, unfortunately, physically can't do at the moment. At least that's what we're left to assume based on the snap usage. So, you know, yeah, props to him. Uh, he's become solid uh definitely better than last year so i do also agree though with what alex saying i mean when if you look at this if the ravens are really going to activate four tight ends and then it, it's kind of a fifth because you got pat ricard back there as well it's it's great that we have that many guys but just you, you need other positions out there you need more defensive linemen which i'm you, you know as he said in the chat you need these wide receivers so it's um the roster construction game is something they're going to have to balance correctly, but four tight ends is is not the approach going forward, I would hope.
0: No, but I mean, Deshaun Jackson, he's not going to be playing special teams for what it's worth, but I hear what you guys are saying. Like, We just have to figure out who else right. is going to, who's going to take Boyle's spot on special teams, but yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I guess I would be surprised if he played this week, but yeah, it's know, interesting,
2: man. you know, and I think this is going to be what we're seeing right now with the fact that we're we're working out thirty-five-year-old Deshaun Jackson, working out Tavon Austin. Uh, we tried a Demarcus Robinson experiment, which apparently we're already abandoning. I'm assuming if we're going with Jackson, it's really shown that as much as we want to believe that this team can get by with with what assets they're putting to out at wide receiver and you know all three of us to varying degrees are on that train that we're on that train going into the season that this room would be fine sure we would have loved to have had hollywood back here to pair with bateman and andrews but obviously that wasn't going to happen the ravens need to readjust and figure out how do they change their approach um to balance what they want to do from a value perspective and understand you got to you got to swallow your pride a little bit and readjust your priority of what you're willing to give up for these wide receivers. (laughs) You know, it's teams are are getting them at higher draft capital and the Ravens want to give up. They're giving them higher contracts and free agency than they want. And you know the Ravens are putting that those resources elsewhere, which is which is great. I don't think we should fault them for that, but there needs to be a, some type of balance because Super Bowl contending teams shouldn't shouldn't be resorting to to just picking up whatever guys just don't have a job yet to fix a wide
1: receiver core. <sighs> I guess the thing is, man, with the wide receivers is I think we said it earlier in the year. We thought that two of the three needed to develop. I think is what we said. We said we need to have development out of DuVernay and Prochet and Wallace, like two of three. And it seems like we've really only gotten DuVernay. So with the injury to Bateman, that's why we're having this, this issue. Now I'm, I am thoroughly convinced these guys are not going to be the answer. And I will, I will recant that statement if they prove me otherwise. But like, I feel like this is a waste of money. I think it's a waste of time. I just like, I, I truly do not like this move at all. It, it it kind of rubs me the wrong way. And this is not me being in the back for Prochet or Wallace. It's just like I, I I'm not convinced that these guys are the answer either. And they're just distracting from like <laughs> the 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 way forward. I think they made Which their bed. Prochet and Wallace or Jackson and Austin or both. Jackson and Austin are not yeah. the answer. And maybe maybe Wallace and Prochet aren't either. But like you've made your bet at this point. Like this is stupid. Mm-hmm. Either trade like actual assets because you fucked up. Acknowledge your mistakes that you made and make a real reasonable change or don't do anything at all. Like that's kind of how I see it. I, I just really don't think this is the answer. And it's interesting the, the comment about like abandoning Robinson because he's been getting more snaps even Duvernay in these uh, last two games. Not by much, but a little bit. So they trust him in a lot of packages. And I don't know if it's really replacing him as much as it's replacing the efforts of Prochet. I'm going to say it's just going to be Proche because Wallace has a special teams role and Wallace is performing very high at special teams. So I honestly think that these guys that they're adding are going to replace Proche. And while that hurts me, like I'm not even trying to just defend Proche at this point, I just think like it's not going to be any better. And you're, we have so little cap room. So unless they make a move yeah. to open up a cap room, part of me is like, this is, this is dumb.
2: Right. Which is why, you know, I'm, I'm coming out right now. I'm saying it and I have no shame in saying it. I was wrong in the off season the Ravens did do need to update how they're handling wide receiver position for the reason you just said this in season move is is causing some cramping on the flexibility they have from roster standpoint from the money they have left to make these moves in season and um you know there's nothing more they can do about it this season, so i'm I'm not gonna harp on it much going forward I don't think who knows in frustration we might <laughs> as the season goes on but yeah this this offseason they have to in my opinion they have to figure out how to balance their team philosophy with the the change that the rest of the league has made to the value at this at this position you know this is it's just too many seasons in a row of it just of the Ravens just being in a poor position unideal position of wide receiver outside of of Mark Andrews and nothing else they can do about it this season like you're saying uh Deshaun Jackson and Tavon Austin and Demarcus Robinson are not going to save it they can simply you know kind of be patchworks on a sinking ship <laughs> for the rest of this year and then you know this is this is what we got
0: and just got to make it see what they can do to make it work
1: what do you think Chris
0: I, I don't remember if we said it on this pod, but I was firmly in the, like, no Robbie Anderson camp. Just it terrible oh, culture yeah. fit. Sean Jackson. Yeah. I was going to say, Deshaun Jackson, I'm pretty surprised because he has his own issues. Right? Um, I, yeah. Especially, like, some of the anti-Semitic stuff, like, that he's been liking on, like, Twitter and stuff over, like, the last year or so. Just not, like, the best optic look, oh, man. i guess from well, there. that's a way to but... learn about that
1: <laughs> i i forgot about it until he said it but yeah no it, it's true like this yeah. is breaking like raven's oh, credo man. like
2: did oh he... yeah that was something that happened wasn't it
0: yeah yeah and i'm like i don't want to get like too much into it but i just like well yeah I, right. maybe like yeah. maybe what the ravens are saying that like he's a good locker room guy but like i don't know he's i mean he, he no has offense... been almost like a little bit like a steve smith light and like he's like I mean, you've seen some of his antics from like Philadelphia and stuff, and like like, he's a really good player and kind of flaunted sometimes, you know.
2: But still, you heard positive things about Steve Smith from players. I don't, I don't know. I'm not an expert on Deshaun Jackson, so I won't speculate on a guy whether he's gotten a a bad name deservedly or you know not. So,
0: yeah, I I don't know. I mean. I, if we can use him right to stretch the field, add some speed to the offense, like I think that's sure. fine. But I mean, hey, I mean, you it's know, also look at one it this of those two. Like yeah. I don't know, like Robinson should have been that guy, but it doesn't seem like we're using him all. Like I guess we're using him a little bit in that, but we're also like asking him to run like five yard slants too. Yeah, and like I, you know, I guess you could use your speed that way. But like I don't know, I figured he'd be more of a vertical threat, and we just really haven't seen that in the regular season. I, I do think that's what we need. Well. Glass
2: half full. Um, we did see last year that Deshaun Jackson did have multiple, barely, but still a few receptions of over 50 yards. Um, he still was still able to make a few big plays, and maybe he can bring that every now and again, and that'll do something. But anyways, we're <sighs> talking about this like the season's over, okay? Look, every team in the NFL, and I feel like we need to emphasize this, Every team in the NFL has a positional group of weakness. Like, it just so happens that the Ravens, it's every year it's wide receiver with like <laughs> two or three exceptions, maybe. <laughs> but, you know, this team is still set up well. The games they've lost are to teams that have good records. The, the Bills, like we said, Super Bowl favorite. The Giants are somehow good. Uh, the Dolphins <laughs> are somehow good. You know, this team, it, as long as John Harbaugh can, and the leaders on this team can continue to keep the ship upright and get everyone on the right frame of mind, they can still uh, take advantage of the fact that the AFC is a jumbled mess right now. You got the Bills at 5-1, and one, and then outside of that, what do you got? You got the Chiefs, the Chargers, who I think are a fake 4-2, and, and the Jets at 4-2. And then outside of that, it's a, it's a heck ton of of mediocrity. So I think you look at this game against Cleveland. We've talked about it historically. This is a great matchup for the Ravens, and honestly, it's looking like the same this year. We got to make this a statement game. You got to come out of the gate in this one, get up to a quick lead, and just just take the will out of this team because I don't I don't think you look at all the injuries they have. Uh, there's some. There's rumblings in the media in Cleveland that the coaches are on the hot seat. I don't know how much fight this team has. So, you know, if they're if they get up for this game because it's a rivalry, snuff that out as quickly as you can. <laughs> and that's easier said than done, but I mean, let's let's talk about our, our offense versus this defense because there's some places they can exploit and we started already the tight end position uh the Browns have been atrocious against the receiving tight ends this year. We know that historically Mark Andrews is excellent against this team and oh yeah, we're starting to get Isaiah Likely and Josh Oliver involved in this passing attack. We could see a huge game from the tight ends in this game and I think that's a, a would be a great way to start out attacking this this uh defense. Use a three-headed tight end monster. Uh, the Ravens, I would think that would be how they would
1: start approaching this uh this game strategy on offense. I do think you're right. I think that uh, I'm I'm not too concerned about our ability to pass the ball on them. My big thing is, like, are we going to be able to run the ball effectively? We don't know about J.K. Dobbins' availability. Uh, we don't know if Edwards is going to be available. We don't know what's going to happen as far as all that goes. I don't think that I'm – I think that Drake showed enough last game that maybe we'd be okay uh, having to lean on him a little bit more. I don't love it. Because Drake has a way of having a game or two each year to, to fool you into thinking he can play, <laughs> so I'm not I'm not like completely sold. But I think this team has enough deficiencies that I think running the ball will be an option. What do you guys think?
0: Yeah, I mean I I, I think you can keep at it. Um, I mean that was kind of New England strategy. Like the the Browns like they had a decent number of uh, runs that were stuffed for a few yard gains, but occasionally you know they break a big one and uh and you know just not be able to tackle um seem like they kind of crowded a lot of guys around the line of scrimmage
1: seems like their second level is by definition the liability both in run and pass so like once you get there uh it's 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 easy goings
0: (laughs) yeah yeah for sure um but yeah yeah i mean i would yeah it would be it'd be cool to kind of see what the state of dobbins is um i'm looking forward to kind of seeing if he's on the injury report this year based on um his knee tightening up but uh but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that was a good thing from the Giants game, right? I mean, the run game was really great. Um, we got a lot of the tight ends involved, so that yeah, it seems like a natural extension of like let's build on that for this week.
2: The, the health of the running backs is interesting. Like we were talking about at the onset of the show, the the middle of this defense might be it might be the worst interior in the league right now. Um, that's an incredibly weak position. But, again, do the like you're saying, do the Ravens have the running backs right now to take advantage of that? Drake is much more of an outside-the-tackle runner. Um, Dobbins can do that inside stuff, as can uh, obviously Gus can, and he's the guy you would love to have healthy in this matchup, but will he be ready to play? And if he is ready to play, based on how the Ravens have gone this year, we know he'll be on a snap count. So one out-of-the-box uh, thought I've had <laughs> – Maybe this could be Mike Davis week, you know? Ooh. <laughs> I, I, look, Davis has shown us nothing this year, but if he can just be a shell of himself, like this matchup is one where he would thrive. They're even, you know, just have him just run down, have the interior block for him and just, just run some chunk plays, get some yardage just straight downhill. You know, I I'd at least, you know float the idea in offensive meetings if I were the coordinators <laughs> but yeah it's it's a spot the Ravens should have I think they'll have success in some way because if they're not able to do it with the running backs then they'll be able to do it with Lamar so in some manner the Ravens are going to have the option to run the ball against this defense whenever they want it, we're just going to have to see what what players are going to be able to take advantage of it it's going to depend really on on who's healthy and w- able to play.
1: You're about to put Mike Davis in your uh, captain lineup. He's only $200. He so said 300 as a captain. Uh, I didn't say <laughs> that we were going to use him a ton. I just meant <laughs> that, you know, short yardage situations, he could he could actually, you know, do something. But, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, man. And I, I guess, like, the consensus is our offense should be able to steamroll this defense. And they should be able to finish in the red zone. And that's kind of what we want to see out of them growth-wise. Right? Absolutely. Yeah but i think we also have to say this with a
2: caveat as much as on paper this looks like something that the ravens should be able to do you know i i hate to say it but the fact of the matter is un, until the ravens have to regain our trust that they can do it in the second half right that they can do it consistently in games we're not at a position right now with this team with what's happened to just be able to assume that we can take advantage of of poor opponents uh, at, at least to the tune of of finishing a game. Sure, we've had success in these games, but the finishing aspect is is something that's lacking for this team right now. It was lacking last year. Of course, we had the excuse of, of injuries then. So it, it's just going to be <laughs> they'll be able to ha- to have success, but will it be consistent enough to keep the Browns out of the game? I, that's that's the ultimate question, which I don't think we can really answer on this show because there's a lot of intangibles and game flow involved in that that. You know, aren't going to be clear until the actual game happens, which is a cop out
0: answer. I know, but that's also that's also what we've been dealing with this year. I don't want to spoil my bold prediction, but I, <laughs> I I feel like you hit the nail on the head, Peter, and like that that's going to be my bold prediction is is something to do with like the offense closing games. That's that it's the number one thing, man. It's just I was so upset with the Giants game, like all the all these losses. It's just Lamar said it, everybody said it. It's just it's it's that like the team like. The team isn't letting other teams beat them; they're just beating themselves. That's all it comes down to. They, you know, they really need to execute better. Just got to play better in the second half. You know, if they do that, yeah, they should be easy to should be easy to win games because they, you know, they've got most of the uh, the game flow kind of going their way, except for the second half.
1: I feel like the Ravens have kind of become too nice, in a way, like. <laughs> I know that Marcus Peters has that dog in him, but like, I just feel like they're just too nice. Like they don't, they don't have like a killer instinct, man. They don't want to just like persecute you and and like enjoy making you look (laughs) terrible. You know what I mean? Like I kind of feel like that's the issue is like they, they just, they, they lack a mean streak. And
0: I'm I'm sure a lot of older players like Suggs and, and Ed and and Ray would probably agree with you.
1: (laughs) And I know the game's different and you can't like express that but i feel like you could still dominate and just be like flying the ball and we see it from time to time but like it's just i, I don't know and then I, we're projecting on the defense who've been relatively effective but he, i don't know like mark andrews is that on the offense i don't i don't know it just maybe it's cuz lamar always has that smile and seems so cheery like when they're doing well but like i don't know it just it, it just doesn't feel like they're a bunch of like Killers. They don't. I feel like they don't knock the other team uh, out of their, uh you know, mojo. Like Intimidate. Yeah. I, don't I just know. want to. I just want
0: to caveat. I would much prefer that on the defense because I don't want to Philip Rivers here. You know, I didn't. I I didn't really like his antics ever. I mean, mm. I, I know Peter's got thoughts, <laughs> but like, I don't. Want, I don't want him. Coming. I don't want Tom Brady. You know, I like. I don't, I don't. I don't. I don't want any of that. I don't want any of that from the quarterback. So I'm. What I'm saying is Lamar, I got you. You know, but. But, yeah, no, I'm, I I hear I hear what you're saying, though. Yeah.
2: I do think there's one there's one interesting thing to come out of this this discussion, which is something that's been bouncing around in my head for the past couple of weeks, is who are the obvious leaders on this team? And I say that knowing, you know, 100% that it, it's – we can't we, – we never really know the answer to that question. Sometimes, you know, we have a little more insight into that through the media or the players particularly when Ray Lewis was here because Ray Lewis was a guy that like wore his leadership on his sleeve so like you know no one, everyone knew that Ray example. Lewis exactly right but i feel like whoever the leaders are on the on this team is a lot less well advertised to the outside public i don't doubt that there are but like i i don't feel like right now um, over the past couple seasons, probably since 2020, we really have a good gauge on that as fans. Which I mean isn't a big deal. We don't need to know, but it, but it also belays the question right now. Get who who on, in the locker room is getting the guys fired up for this game and, and getting them focused in. Is is it Lamar? Is it is it Marlin? Is it uh, Calais? You know, I I don't. We don't have a good insight into that. I don't think, and it it does make you wonder the question is that something that is that is missing with this team which is an unfair question I think because you know it's it's not really something that is necessary for fans fans to know if, if the team wants to let us know that's great but if, if they don't it's it's not really our, our business but I don't know I I if the in my opinion can you guys tell me if you disagree? I feel like the leadership on this team is a lot less obvious to the fans than in years past, and it just, just makes you wonder you know, what the centric focus of the team is at times.
1: I think the leaders are, are exactly who you think, you think they are. I think it is Clayus Campbell uh, at, a, at a very high level. I think it's very much Clayus Campbell. Uh, we see him breaking out of huddles. I think it's uh, Justin Tucker. I do think Lamar is a, a leader, but I think he's just a quieter leader. I know that Marlon Humphrey has been asked to lead, but I also think the way – like, I think his leadership style might be not quite there. You know, like, I, I'm not trying to be bad mean to him or anything. It's just I, I don't know if that's, like, the best for him, or the best fit. Uh, but I think what we're getting at with, like – and Mark Andrews, too. And, like, Mark Andrews has that dog in him. And, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's, like, the psychological war games. I feel like the, the previous Ravens, like, had some psychological war games. They really wanted to get the other team off their game. Not just play well themselves. They wanted to get them off their game. And I don't know. If, I think all of our leaders are all about execution and focusing on them. And, like, I don't know. Part of me thinks it's, it's a little bit more than that. Like, you got to gotta also, like, nudge the other team off their rocker a little bit for 60 minutes. I don't know. I, it's kind of a weird conversation I didn't expect to get on in this episode. But I'm curious if uh, any people have uh, thoughts on this. Definitely, you know, reach out on Twitter. Because I think this is an interesting conversation. Like, a sub-point of the, where the Ravens are right now.
2: Yeah. And I think in our discussion, it came out of left field a little bit, but I mean, if we're looking at a a game where I wouldn't call this game a must win, but the Ravens are, time is ticking for them to have a statement win. We were at at week two. It looked like the Ravens were going to have a statement win against the Dolphins. And we know how that ended up. And then against the Bills, that one was trending that way as well. And then the second half happened. I've, I feel like they need a win that to announce that they're here win a game by like two, three scores do it against a divisional opponent. Even if it's the struggling Cleveland Browns, uh, it would be enough. and, And even just to win this game, like, you know, we've seen in the press conferences after the game, players are frustrated. Players are, um, and, and the coaches are answering games, answering questions short at times, which is understandable. I mean, I, imagine we would do the same in, in in that situation, but you you still need, you, you need strong leadership for guys to be like, Hey guys, after, you know, this loss is passed, this is our goal. Let's, let's, this is how we get back to it. And is the, the question is really just, is that leadership there to as strong a degree as it, as it needs to be for a championship team? And of course, like I said, I, we're not going to know terribly well, but I don't know, it's just a, it's a thought that came in my head.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, but for a team that's floundering like this and, you know, everyone seems to think that, like, if we can just execute, like, we're going to be, like, we know, you know, Harb's like to say, like, we know who we are, we know what we can do. Well, it's, you know, if if you think, if you believe that you have the talent, you got to show it, right? It doesn't matter if you right. think you yeah. have it. If you're going to be a mediocre losing record, you don't have the talent, Right. So I mean I I think that's totally valid, Peter. Of just like you got to have guys to be able to rein it in and be like, okay, we lost. Like get over it, move on to next week. Like I, that's the thing. It's like we we see that a lot, we hear that a lot in the pressers. But this really is a hot and cold team. It's like sometimes you like think like, okay, are we like are we have we moved on from a loss? We just really like we haven't. It seems like we haven't gotten out of this funk that's really started from like week two, you know. And it's just. And I understand game plans are different. There are different variables to play here. But, I mean, I, I agree. Like, they need a statement game. Something to say, like, okay, we can show that we actually can do what we think we're capable of. Right? And that does take an element of, of just, you know, focus and, and toughness here. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like we belabored this point a little bit. I would be interested, especially <laughs> yeah. over the next couple of weeks... You know, if we continue to be this sort of hot and cold streak, I think it might be good to kind of come back to this uh, around the bye week and just see, like, do we think that, you know, do we see any more evidence or do we think if this is actually going to change or is this really the story of this team this year?
1: You know, I know it's not realistic to say this with a straight face, but I look at the schedule, man, and I'm like, they shouldn't lose a game until January and it can't be a a postseason game i'm like i'm like honest like they should they should beat all these teams man they they should not like some of them should be embarrassments to the other team that be wondering if there should be an nfl teams like they they really need to start like really beating up with some play, some teams they really and do like, yeah. and and i think that's what they need right now and i think this is the start of something i think that they can get into a rally going into the bye week and after the bye week they got some cupcake matchups and i think they they can just they can just roll man like I'm not trying to say that these aren't real NFL teams and they don't have real players and they can't do real things and the ball can bounce their way. And we probably will lose a game or two that we think, "Oh man, they really should have won that." But it can't be a trend. It, they need they need to go on a real streak at the end of the year here. And I think they can. And it, it's it's time for the like the second third of the year to like get after it. So I agree, we kind of have belabored this. I think we need to talk a little bit about how our our defense lines up against their offense Yes, we get so let's to get back to the matchup. Yeah. And let me let me put it this way, guys. Here here are my here are my top thoughts. We know that their running game is is pretty darn good. Nick Chubb is like like one of the best runners in the NFL. Hunt is not bad either. I think like we alluded to, we need to have an extra defensive lineman to keep that unit fresh and keep that unit big. And you can play like heavier packages. Then you look at their catchers, you know, the receivers, and you got Cooper and a bunch of unproven younger guys. I'm not saying that these unproven younger guys haven't shown flashes and haven't shown that they can do things, but I'm curious to see if Marlin just like mans up on Cooper and follows him into the slot. If that happens, I expect a lot of um, Brandon Stevens as the third corner, like we saw a couple weeks ago, where he got all the third corner snaps to allow Marlin to go into the slot because he has that versatility to go inside, outside as well. And lastly, I expect a lot of snaps for Hamilton because I think he's a perfect Njoku killer. I think you, you put him in, he's always on Njoku. He's also a heavier body against defense uh, or against the run game. I think we'll see a lot of Hamilton in this game. So that, that's my hunch. That's kind of my, my formations to the game is they're going to be, I think they're going to play a lot of snaps out of heavy nickel. I think they're going to have a lot of snaps. Uh, yeah, in heavy nickel. And I think that's, that's going to be their strategy. I would, I would be surprised to see if Hamilton doesn't have like over 50% of snaps. Over 60.
2: Yeah, I mean, that that sounds about right to me. Uh, you're talking about Chubb and Hunt. That is the lifeblood of their offense. That's what they want to do. They want to establish the run and uh, just grind it out with those two guys. And, you know, historically, the Ravens have actually done pretty well against both these guys. Sure, there was the game in, in 2019 where, where Chubb, they let Chubb run wild, um, and he had some success in that uh the, the poop game of Monday night (laughs) uh, in 2020. Um, But this offense right now with, without Deshaun Watson is, is completely predicated on the run. Jacoby Brissett, if the, if the Browns had an option right now, I, I think that he would, they would bench him. He was solid enough to start the season, but the, the past couple weeks have been really poor for him with, with just an absolutely atrocious showing against the Patriots. If, and again, this is another reason why I think getting to a hot start against this team is so critical in this game. This team can't come back. Like even the giants, you know, who, who we said, do they really have the offensive weapons and the offensive strategy to come back in a game? We see all they did, uh, and we we kind of knew they could do that going into this game because they had just done it the week prior against the Packers. The Browns can't come back. They they have no real game breakers on, on in passing. Uh, Amari Cooper, you know, he's he's solid. He's not the same receiver that he was a few years ago, but I, I don't. I can't see him alone being that guy and Joku's an athletic tight end. We laughed a bit about the contract that the Browns gave him in the off season. Uh, he's, he's been, he's been good this year, but still like, I don't see, I don't see those guys taking over in the case that this gets out of hand. And even if they could, their quarterback can't, that's not Jacoby's game. And the Browns know that they really don't want to, what happened against new England last week is what they don't want to happen because they don't have an answer for that if they go down multiple scores it's it's game over i, I and I, I don't think that that's terribly controversial i think we i think everyone in the NFL knows that so yeah so i mean short and simple shut down the run force this team to pass and you're going to take away the the game that the really the only path they have to making this game competitive
0: yeah for sure um i i think the only other thing to add here um you know, much like how the Ravens want to run things and how they had success last week with the Giants. Um, the Browns also like to run a ton of tight ends. I mean, I know you mentioned Njoku, um, who I agree. Yeah, has had a great season um, being kind of like one of their uh, – honestly, one of their X factors, I think. And, you know, he can get behind the defense. He can make some, uh, you know, clutch catches and, and kind of uh, be a little bit of a red zone threat as well. Um, he's, he's had a good season. But they've also got Harrison Bryant and Faro Brown – uh, they like to run a lot of three, apparently they, I think, run the most or second most three tight end sets, I think, in the league, even more the Ravens. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, a lot, you know, it's a little bit of a different kind of matchup from, you know, maybe like the Giants or that, you know, maybe some other teams that the Ravens have seen this year. I guess maybe close to the Patriots, too, because they run a lot of two tight end sets. You know, I, I think that the two kind of keys for me, one of just being able to tackle really well. Um, you know, obviously, like getting uh penetration with guys like Travis Jones or you know Matt Abouque, um, to be able to cut off Chubb and, and hunt, I think is good, but honestly it's it's gonna come down to the guys behind them to be able to wrap up and and make tackles where they should because Chubb is just really, really good at making at shrugging guys off and uh, making guys miss. So being really solid on that is gonna be key. And then, yeah, like you said, Peter, I mean, last week, you know, they had a lot of trouble with New England, and part of it was because Brissett threw, I think, two interceptions fairly early on that really that led to points, uh, and they turned the ball over in other situations too. I think they had a uh, muffed punt, I think, later in the game, uh, which the Patriots were able to recover and convert to seven. So, you know, I know Marcus Williams has been hurt, but it would be nice if, uh, you know, if we can kind of continue that turnover streak that we had the first couple of weeks and start to get a few more of those. I think that's, uh, to me, those are the two keys for defense.
2: Another note to uh, um, bring up with the rushing game, uh, Browns right all-pro right guard Wyatt Teller uh, left the game early against New England um, with a calf injury. I can't find exact numbers on it, but listening to some Browns podcasts today, having Teller out of the Browns offensive line for the running game is kind of like having back in the day, what it was like when Brandon Williams was out uh, of the defensive line uh, for the Ravens. Uh, Apparently their average yards per game rushing uh, goes down tremendously when he's out over the past few seasons. So I don't know if we know at this time how long he's going to be out. So I mean he very well could suit up for this game. I'm not seeing anything definitive of the injury lasting longer than just the New England game. But that's something that could play into the Ravens' favor when we're talking about shutting down this run defense simply just by one of their best, uh, maybe their best uh, run blocker not being in the game. On that note, predictions?
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely time for some bold predictions. I think we kind of laid it out. We we tried real hard not to just go jump into conclusions, but we do think this is going to be kind of a Raven statement game, it sounds like, so... Let's uh, get very bold with our predictions and uh, and score. <laughs> How about that? So I can lead us off. I, I made a bold prediction about uh, Hamilton a little bit earlier about his snap count. I'm going to quantify it as he he gets a interception in this game, and um and also plays over sixty percent of snaps. So he has to be out there a lot, and he has to do something with that opportunity.
0: I'll go. Uh. uh i've been saying this for weeks i've been waiting for the ravens to score in the second half i really appreciate you kind of bringing up that point earlier peter because i was like oh that's a great bull prediction um <laughs> the ravens score more than two touchdowns <laughs> actually i'm really just looking for 14 like just 14 in the second half that that's what i'm gonna say but um if it's more than 14 fantastic uh but i do not. I cannot remember a game. I guess the Patriots game is probably the only exception. I think that the Ravens have scored more than 14 points in the second half. So I'm going to say it's a bold prediction. Uh, at least two t- touchdowns <laughs> in the second half. And my score, I'll say they win 28-17.
1: Not to be pedantic. You mean that they're going to score more than? So they have to score more than two touchdowns or at least two touchdowns?
0: At least two touchdowns.
1: Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling quite as
2: bullish about this game as you guys are. I think... That's something that has me concerned about this game. We're talking about all the things that are out of sync for Cleveland. And I mean, the Ravens have, have their own fair share of things as well. That being said, I I do think the Ravens win this game. The fact that it's at home, the the fact that, you know, Cleveland just has even, even more injuries on defense than the Ravens do. And and Jacoby Brissett. So one thing I will say for Jacoby Brissett, we're talking about how he's, he's, probably not, you know, a starting quarterback in the NFL right now in under normal circumstances, but the Ravens have faced him twice. uh, And in both cases, you know, that game against the Colts was close in 2017. Uh, The Colts had a chance to win that one. And then uh, when he filled in for Tua last year, we know how that happened. So I think that the Ravens still need to crawl a little bit before – they can run, and they're probably a couple games away from getting back to bull rushing teams. So I think it's going to be a little closer than it probably should be. I'll say the Ravens win 21 to 18. And my bold prediction for the game is that Mark Andrews is going to have a hat trick, three touchdowns. Oh, wow. So all the points that
1: you're projecting go to him.
2: Yep. Yeah, keep it simple. We're, we're having, we're struggling with our okay. offense. Just keep it simple. Just give, feed your best receiver. He is. Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey are to the tight end position what what Cooper Cup is to the wide receiver position. You know, they they're uncoverable. You know, let's let's use him like that. He had a couple games like that, like the Colts game last year, uh, the second game against the Bengals, the game against the Packers. Just feed this guy the ball. He is he is one of the elite pass catchers in the NFL. And you've got one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL throwing to him.
1: Use that connection. (laughs) Simplify. Simplify. All right. Well, I like that. I'm going to say it's much more effective, though, at scoring points. I'm going for the highest point projection I've ever given a team. I'm saying 38 for the Ravens this year. 38 Ravens, 13 Browns. I think that is enough of a delta, 25 points, to really uh, feel good going to the locker room, juiced up, and... I think that's what this team sorely needs. I don't like to do this for divisional games, but I just truly think this is the game. I think they're out for blood. And if we've seen if we've seen a mean streak ravens, it's coming this game.
0: Certainly love to hear that. Uh looking forward to it. Uh Alec, and you and I will be at the game this weekend. So um 38 13 win at home. Man, that'd be something to see.
1: Indeed. That will be good. I think uh yeah, it's what it's what the doctor ordered, so to speak. <laughs> so <laughs> Let's see if the Ravens can do it. You can find us online at One Winning Pod on Twitter. You can find us on YouTube where we've had some really cool stuff. The uh, photography series with uh, Joey Polo is doing well. And uh, we have also have the NFL Bets and the Ravens History Corner, which has been well-received too. So uh, thanks for subscribing there and checking it out. Uh, Peter, do you have any updates on that? We're going to be looking at
2: uh, some seasons in the past where the Ravens have started out 500 through six games. Uh, what were the main culprits for that, and what did they do to, to fix them? So just look at some, just some other instances where the Ravens were kind of on this uneven footing, so to speak, as they are right now,
1: and how the franchise responded. Awesome. Looking forward to that so yeah check those things out email us at onewinningpod at gmail.com if you want to reach out in a longer form way leave the comments ask us on twitter about what you think about this roster construction and uh you know team leadership questions we kind of brought up on the show and uh we'll talk to you after what is hopefully a big ravens win go ravens